Welcome to The Well Podcast, a safe place to find health and wholeness for your body, mind, and heart. My name is Kari Davis, growing up a pastor's daughter, being widowed at 38 with three little kids, being betrayed by those close to me, and now blending my family with a man that made my heart come back to life. I know that life can change and get derailed, but come to The Well, our online wellness collaborative where you will find restoration through wellness, inner healing, faith, and freedom. In the Bible, the woman at the well went for water, but when Jesus showed up with truth and healing, she got living water. So grab your bucket, a cup will not do, and join me at the well. It's time to refill, reset, and restore. Welcome back to the Well Podcast. I have Vicki Hemmett. She is a doctor of chiropractic. She is the Cairo queen. We met at an event. And if you could see this woman's office, you would just want to go see her. She's amazing. But she special, specializes in pelvic floor health. And so I think you're going to learn something today, but she is also has an amazing story, has worked really, really hard and serves women in a way that is really, really impressive. So thank you for being here, Dr. Vicki. I'm super excited. Thanks for having me, Carrie. When we met, we just kind of talked about all of the things and we yeah. were like, man, every woman needs to be hearing the conversations that, that you and I had. So we're going to give them a little teaser today about the about the beginning. So how long uh-huh. have you been a chiropractor and specializing in women's health? Sure. So uh, I graduated in 2002. So I'm in my 20th year as a provider. And I always had this internal uh, feeling of working with women and in women's healthcare. And so I quickly decided to really shift my focus on prenatal care, treating pregnant women, and uh, really joined up with a great collaborative practice uh, when we first started out, which was in Vermont. And uh, since then, you know, about 15 years ago, started looking at pelvic floor health and the musculoskeletal part of the pelvic floor as it relates to not only symptoms, but also low back pain, hip pain, and, uh, you know, sacroiliac pain, some sciatic stuff. So there's a lot of overlap from traditionally chiropractic would be And I've really just uh, opened a door and have gone into a deep dive of this pelvic floor work. Well, and, and I really wanted to have this conversation with you because it's kind of one of the issues on this podcast and in my wellness business, I love to talk to women about things that maybe they're not comfortable talking about all the time. And once you start talking about this with your girlfriends, you realize how many women are struggling, but you don't usually talk about it. You talk about bad periods or not losing the baby weight or whatever, but this is really something, how many women struggle with, with it? It's a great question because I actually have called it the silent epidemic because most women are told after they have a baby that, you know, they're going to have some pelvic floor dysfunction for the rest of their life and just to accept that as part of the process. And it doesn't really set us up for success because these things start out, these symptoms start out very small and then they just never go away. And there's really not a lot of emphasis, uh, you know, kind of put on it because it's just kind of this low grade thing, almost like a nuisance. And then it just gets worse over time where it really starts to impact impact your life. So when I talk about pelvic floor dysfunction, the you asked about, you know, how many people, you know, suffer from it. 
the statistically speaking, over 35 years old, 40% of the women have some form, some form of pelvic floor dysfunction. And over 50 years old, it's 50%. So over half of the women have some form of pelvic floor dysfunction. And that can be, you know, symptoms that are really obvious, like having high frequency, you know, needing to use the restroom all of the time. Uh, or having incontinence. So, uh, you know, when you laugh, cough or sneeze or on the trampoline with your kids, having some involuntary leakage, you know, dribbling after urination, thinking that you've completed your void and still having symptoms. Uh, and also on the other side of things, this also is very underdiagnosed um, pelvic floor dysfunction is high tone or high muscular tone in the pelvic floor, which can lead to things like high frequency again, but pain with intercourse. That is a huge um, uh, diagnosis and symptom that I see people coming in for. And again, it's something that you just don't know who to contact. What, what medical provider do you contact with this information? So, you know, a lot of times uh, OBGYNs are the first line of um, you know, kind of professional that you seek out or urologist, which is great because I like to work collaboratively with medical providers. And basically that just means that um, I would like to know your medical history and to know that you don't have any gynecological or organ things that would be causing some of these symptoms. And while there's some overlap with the musculoskeletal stuff that we can work together with, um, you know, it's just important to have both uh, your primary care physician or your urologist or a healthcare team to kind of manage this. But once all of that stuff is ruled out, you know, from some objective measures like, um, uh, ultrasounds and uh, lab workup, but there's really nothing that's glaring that's going on. It is very, very common to have a musculoskeletal component to that dysfunction. Yeah. I, so this might be a really stupid question, but that's what I like to ask on this podcast. I had three C-sections. Mm -hmm. So does that mean that that's why I, is it just if you have a baby naturally or is it for any woman no matter which way she had babies. Correct. And it is um, not a stupid question. And I will tell you that there's a large portion, 30% of women who are actively in um, university and college sports have pelvic floor dysfunction without having babies. So just because you have a baby, it does not mean that you won't have pelvic floor dysfunction. Um, so it's not a bad question at all. So, but to answer it for sure, uh, C-section mamas and definitely have a risk factor of pelvic floor dysfunction because you have to remember that you carry the baby for nine months and that head down position um, or just like the weight of the baby on that pelvic floor musculature will definitely set you up for uh, some um, challenges. And then furthermore, the actual abdominal surgery, you know, as you know, will cut into all of those core muscles primarily the transverse abdominis, which is actually part of kind of the pelvic floor uh, treatment that we, that we seek to teach our, our patients, because you definitely need a responsive, strong pelvic floor. But at the same time, that's kind of the bottom of what we call a capsule. The top part of the capsule is your diaphragm. So it's really important to have good breathing techniques. And then the middle part is that barrel muscle called the transverse abdominis that gets cut with um, C-sections. And it can absolutely oh, wow. 
it can absolutely heal, um, but it it just requires some additional rehab, you know, which is something that we incorporate into all pelvic floor dysfunction um, treatments. And this also kind of rolls into having erectus diastasis or that, you know, kind of separation of the abdominals. It's that same muscle um, that can contribute to or um, make worse pelvic floor dysfunction. So, okay. What exactly is your pelvic floor? (laughs) So pelvic floor, it's a great question. Yes. So, you know, when people think of pelvic floor, it basically is uh, the muscles that if you, you know, look at the pubic symphysis on the front. So, you know, that bone on the front and then just kind of draw a circle around your hips all the way down to your bottom. Anything below that really is pelvic floor. So there are several layers of muscles, fascia, tendons, ligaments, neurovascular bundles that can all create these symptoms of pelvic floor dysfunction. And as a chiropractor, you know, we specialize in palpation of muscles and we specialize in joint mobilization and all of these things to restore the balance to those musculatures, whether they're low tone and they don't really know how to engage a good peel or whether they're high tone or like a spasm on the pelvic floor. It's really important to palpate and make sure that we can balance uh, these structures. And additionally, what I'll say is, you know, there is probably, most people think that there's one muscle on the pelvic floor. There's probably about 35 or 40 distinct muscles that I'm actually looking at. And one of those muscles in particular actually stretches 250% of its normal resting rate during delivery. So, you know, I, I like to think about how you would look at other sports injuries and musculoskeletal injuries. You know, if you stepped off a curb and, and rolled your ankle, you would hundred percent immediately go into rehab to make sure that the tendons are healed, that the muscles are functioning well, that you're reducing inflammation and then restoring function to that joint, which is really, really important. And the same thing needs to happen with pelvic floor therapy, um, especially after you have a child, because you can have all of these, um, musculoskeletal, you know, micro, um, um, problems that happen. And it's just prudent to catch it early to make sure that you have a professional that can uh, diagnose what's going on um, to give you really solid rehab plan that you can work on on your own, just in terms of like prevention for future things. Well, yeah, that's one of my questions is prevention and numbers. (laughs) So let's talk about that. But also you know, I talk a lot about true self-care on this podcast, not mm-hmm. just going to get your nails done once a month and calling that your self-care plan, but really, mm-hmm. really. And I think especially moms, after they have a baby, you go immediately into probably the utmost fight or flight of our lifetime because we're not sleeping. Yes. We can't take care of each of ourselves very well, but like you're just saying, we are stretching these muscles. Our body has been through a lot of trauma, whether it's a natural delivery or a C-section. Mm-hmm. And then we go immediately into caregiving and really get ignored. So first of all, how do we prevent is the first yes. part of my question. Yes. And second of all, is there something to getting in to see you very soon after delivery or is it ever too late to, to fix it? Yes. Kind of the timeline. 
the yeah, perfect these, timeline. <laughs> yeah, these are great questions. And I'm going to kind of reverse it a little bit for you because what I call, um, so I'll back up the story. I've had, I have three kids myself. I delivered all three via C-section, you know, well, not my choice, but, um, and recovered through that and just have seen probably, you know, thousands of women postnatally and just from all of that experience over the 20 years, this fourth trimester is probably the most neglected point of a woman's life that I have seen and I've experienced personally and have seen it thousands and thousands of time where, you know, when you're pregnant, you're just this, you know, glowing, wonderful, you know, person. And then as soon as you have this baby, all of the, all of the focus kind of shifts away to the baby, which is very important, but also needs to shift back onto the mother. So most of the time, these mothers are probably at their weakest physically, emotionally, spiritually, because it's a huge thing to deliver this baby. And then the expectation then is to now nurture this child, understand how to be a mom if it's your first time mom, understand the hormonal flux. It is the most challenging time. And yes, there's that. Ex- the weight in, in six weeks. No, no, no. There's, there's this expectation to return to whatever normal is or to like have this, you know, and sometimes, you know, in the U S to return to work at six weeks, it's like, there's, there has to be a shift in our culture, in my opinion, to, um, really, um, celebrate this time and to really give women, um, some empowerment strategies to be able to acknowledge these challenges on every single level. And, and to give them permission personally to be able to do that for themselves. So I wouldn't even call it self-care. I would not even give it. It's not self-care to me. It's permission to heal and permission to learn how to be this new identity because, you know, that's true self-care to me. It really is mind, body, soul. Absolutely. Yes. You, you move from being, you know, this, professional or what, you know, whatever your, um, personal identifier was just moments before having this baby to all of a sudden being this baby's mom. And it completely rocks your world in the best possible way, but it also just, it shifts everything moving forward. And so just to honor that process of transition is really, really, um, important and extremely understated, um, in our culture. And, um, you know, yeah, my- I think, yeah, I mean, even how postpartum is still not understood. And I think the fear of intimacy in your marriage, how things yeah. are changing when you have a baby. I mean, there's, that was so it's well not- said. I think you're yeah, more of a therapist. Comp- uh, therapist well, I mean, it's late. <laughs> I mean, I, th- I think I am, um, a little bit of both just because again, having 20 years of experience and seeing it, there's a pattern that you see. And I think just, like I said, giving permission to, to women to um, take the time they need to really fall into a good rhythm. Um, So to to the second part of that question in terms of timing. um, So for my collaborative medical provider network and referral network, it's usually about six weeks that um, is the first kind of um, talk about pelvic floor therapy. So anywhere six to eight weeks, which is where you have that follow up with your provider is a great time to start pelvic floor therapy, whether you have symptoms or not. So if you do have symptoms, it's a great way to start to, uh, you know, treat those. 
And if you don't have symptoms, it's great just to have an evaluation so we can see your effectiveness of doing a Kegel. Some, and again, study, I'm an evidence-based chiropractor, which means I read a lot of journals. And statistically speaking, 50% of women do not perform a Kegel correctly. And so it's no fault of your own if you don't, it's like me telling you to close your eyes and to, and to do a bicep curl but but not having the visual to be able to know exactly that you're doing it effectively. So it's really important to uh, have a therapist um, or you know provider being able to um, assess the pelvic floor um, just as I would anywhere else externally on the body, you know So we're looking for if you have an episiotomy or if you have scar tissue, if you have ad- adhesions within those components of the pelvic floor, you're looking for um, you know tone, you're looking for symmetry. You're looking for all of those things. And then, you know, from the chiropractic standpoint, it is really important to also check the balance and the mobilization and the restrictions that may be there in the SI joints, the hips, pubic symphysis, and the lumbar spine, because all of the musculature is connected. And if there is a restriction, which is very common postnatally, if you think about all the birthing positions, um, you know, and then postnatally nursing position and feeding position and bathing position and carrying positions. It's just, oh, it's man. such a huge, um, it's such a huge, uh, responsibility for your body to handle. So we really tried to, you know, remove the lenses of being hyper-focused on the pelvic floor. And that's definitely our number one concern, but really to kind of understand where that woman is coming from and what her, what her life is. Some people have like super chill babies that sleep 24 hours. And some people have the opposite where the babies are not super chill and they will sleep for maybe 10 minutes at a time. And in, in yeah. to understand where you have to meet the woman where they're at. And in terms of uh, giving them home exercises and just changing expectations based on their um, personal situation, because everybody has their own unique story. Yeah, absolutely. So is there, is there prevention when you're pregnant or even before you're getting pregnant? Is there an overall that if we're doing Kegels wrong, is it Kegel or Kegel? Tomato, tomato. (laughs) Well, I, I don't know. I actually, I actually try and get away from calling them Kegels because, uh, you know, I actually call them pelvic floor um, activation exercises because Kegel oh. is just kind of, because there's different, you know, when I say to someone do a Kegel, they kind of squeeze their bottom for, you know, for everything that they have. And that's just not the way it should be. There's actually three different types of pelvic floor activation exercises oh uh, because you have different, um, different types of muscular um, components in the pelvic floor. So there's endurance type hold, there's fast twitch. So I actually teach three or four different types of Kegel exercises. And so it should be really like a finessed exercise, very precise exercise. And um, most women are good at like one type of them, but they're not really recruiting as much as the pelvic floor as they could be. So they're kind of burning out one part of their pelvic floor instead of like utilizing the full pelvic floor to its capacity. So to answer your question, yes. I know. So uh, internal pelvic floor work is contraindicated in pregnancy. So we don't do any internal work during pregnancy, but prior to pregnancy, absolutely. It is wonderful to have a check in to, um, 
you know, to make sure that your pelvic floor is stable, uh, to make sure that you are doing Kegels correctly. And on the other hand, other side of the spectrum, that if you do have some hypertonicity or some spasm in that pelvic floor, just to be able to release that and to have uh, strategies to be able to reduce the amount of um, spasm that happens in the, in the future. So that's also understanding lifestyle. Like, are you sitting on your bottom for 12 hours a day? Or, you know, you have to understand what's happening for risk factors from there. Um, and then in terms of prevention, if you like, if, let's say you had a wonderful delivery and you don't really have any of these um, issues, then, uh, you know, sometimes I see patients and I check their pelvic floor and they do a great Kegel and that I don't start a treatment protocol for them that, you know, everything is wonderful for them. And some of the red flags I would have them say or return to care would be if they did have start having more high urge or they're waking up at night to go to the restroom, or if they're feeling like they're not completely, um, you know, um, releasing full bladder, you know, they have this post void, um, urgency is what it's called. So, um, if they use the restroom and then stand up and then all of a sudden three seconds later, feel that they need to void again, or if they start to dribble or leak, um, all of those things are, you know, just kind of that first set of awareness that you should be, that you should be able to come in. And then in terms of what treatment looks like, you know, really within six to eight visits, you really should be, you know, 80% improved in your symptoms if it's a straightforward, you know, musculoskeletal condition. And you should be able to self-manage after that, right? So it doesn't mean that you're not responsible for doing, taking some accountability for that. Um, and that may include things like walking and stretching and doing um, core activation in addition to some pelvic floor work. And you don't have to do it every day, but just to check in once a week is prudent to, you know, to make, making sure that your pelvic floor is healthy and, and wonderful and um, functional for you when you need it to be. So what if you had children um, 20 years ago is, mm -hmm. and it keeps getting worse and worse. Is yes. there is there a point of no return where you can't heal it? Or is there always a time where there can be improvement? Always a time that you can be improvement. Absolutely. Good. And what I will say is that, you know, as, as you age women um, and get into the perimenopausal hormonal shifting, the estrogen decreases in your body and all of the collagen in your body is directly related to estrogen. So estrogen keeps collagen nice and tight and taut and firm. So it's part of the reason that we, as we age gracefully, we get a little more uh, wrinkles and less tightness in our, in our skin because the collagen is actually decreasing. So the pelvic floor is held up by ligamentous um, structures and support system that is re related to collagen. So just by the hormonal shift, you will have a higher risk of doing that. So that's when most people come in, you know, let's say 20 years after they start having kids is like, wow, I'm starting to have this dysfunction because now there's a more of a chemical imbalance that's driving that versus something that's a little more structural um, or mechanical that's causing that. And so that doesn't mean that we can't impact that. It just means that that's a great time to get started is because then we can um, really fire up your pelvic floor and make sure that it's working well for you. And you, 
because the the other part of um, treatment, which is sometimes necessary, and this is why I work so closely with OBGYNs and neurologists, is you know things that are a little more invasive, right? So injections and surgeries and that kind of thing, and those are complementary to what I do. But we try to save those as last resort because those are something that obviously have um, risk factors in themselves, and um, you know, and OBGYNs will tell you, you know, thirty percent of um, um, surgeries for pelvic floor actually are ineffective and they have to go back for pelvic. Um, so it's like one in three that you'll actually have a positive outcome. So go to you first. And <laughs> well, that's just <laughs> it. Avoid that. <laughs> that's, the, the thing is, is that we're just trying to avoid these, um, you know, more invasive procedures that are less effective um, as you age and get older. Why not, you know, just like anything, you know, why, why wouldn't you like a cardiovascular, why, when you start a running program, you are, the goal is to for sure get stronger, but improve cardiovascular health, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and to improve lung capacity and to, and to improve, you know, that's why you do you read is to improve your brain function. You know, this is why you would go to see a pelvic floor provider is just to improve your pelvic floor that with everything else in your body that will also kind of with age tend to, um, you know, have its own personal, you know, struggles. Right. But it is never too late. I will say that it's never too late. I have patients well into their seventies and eighties who have um, incontinence and have completely resolved it. So it's possible. That's, that is wonderful news. Encouraging, um, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Well, I think so many things with women's health, I think that we, there's the rumor mill. Everyone thinks that these are just things that we have to deal with, but there right. really are proactive things that we can do. And, and that's just, you know, why I wanted to have you on for sure. So you are in Naples, Florida, where I live. I, yes. It, I've never heard of anyone specializing in this before. So if they don't live local, we have, the podcast has ranked right now in Antigua and, and we have some, some listeners in India. So, I mean, oh, what, if you don't, what if you don't live, is there anything that you can coach or do remotely or do they need to find someone? Well, local? for sure. I mean, there I mean is everyone wouldn't mind flying down here and visiting you. Yes. I mean, it's the, it's the best place on earth, um, <laughs> in my personal opinion. Uh, <laughs> but yes, I mean, I think finding a, a your pelvic floor provider locally is really going to be important because again, we want to make sure that we can palpate and understand what your pelvic floor is doing um, to make sure that you're actually doing the exercises correctly. So traditionally, this pelvic floor therapy is performed by physical therapists, which is great. Um, they've really dominated the profession. And I kind of stumbled onto it as a chiropractor, to be honest with you, uh, just through my association um, with OBGYNs and urogynecologists and urologists, uh, it just was so much in my wheelhouse because it's a musculoskeletal dysfunction. And I really felt that the manual work that I do to kind of using my hands instead of machines and biofeedback has been really just superior in getting really quick results. So I would, you know, I would, you can, you know, Google pelvic floor provider near me. And I know that, I mean, it's a, it's a specialty, but it's just, it's not anything that's 
known very well. And I think most pelvic floor providers would welcome, you know, someone coming into their practice and saying, listen, I just heard something and it would be great just to kind of, is it okay for you just to check my pelvic floor? Can I do a, can I do a Kegel correctly? What is my musculature telling me? My hips are kind of bothering me. Is that related to pelvic floor? So, you know, encourage you just to find a pelvic floor provider who will likely be a physical therapist. Uh, and, you know, just to empower yourself to talk to someone who about all of these things that are maybe a little bit and you know some people find them embarrassing or taboo to talk about but really the pelvic floor is all about uh controlling things like urination and defecation and you know sexual pleasure and sometimes women just don't know who to talk about those things too um in a safe place so it's um most i would say most pelvic floor providers that go through training are well versed in this and and they see these things every day so i just want to also say that you are not alone no story is going to be something that is so crazy that i haven't heard before um you know and i just i cherish that um trust that my patients have with me to be able to um finally be able just to express what is happening with their bodies and and to really seek help from it because a lot of times it is embarrassing um but you should be able to find a great provider who will listen and um who will have experience in understanding what you're going through yeah well and and kudos for you for going for it for talking about it we met at an event where you announced what you did and <laughs> You just go for it, yes. but your, your down to earth nature and just talking about it. I mean, honestly, there's not very many things that affect everything the way that, especially incontinence and not enjoying intercourse with your partner. Yes. I mean, it's, it's a marriage. It definitely marriage. Yes. You're, you're solving, you're, you're keeping marriages yes. together. <laughs> so it, there's definitely a snowball effect to it. And, um, you know, there's, I have so many case stories that maybe we can go through next time or something and, you know, just kind of, kind of sharing uh, anonymously some stories that may help other women find their voice and to say that you, you really are not alone and to just take the shame and the taboo away from it, because it really is just like any other condition musculoskeletal wise in your body like if you had plantar fascia plantar fasciitis and pain in your foot because you couldn't run like that would be a real bummer and you would find someone right away to figure it out and it's like just the same concept in terms of treatment for pelvic floor it's just a different area of your body so i think just embracing your pelvic floor and knowing how much you need it and you use it every day um and just to know that you are not alone and most women suffer for at least from one dysfunction and they just don't know where to turn yeah absolutely well thank you for sharing is there anything oh, the pelvic floor 101 we have missed oh gosh i don't even know where to start i think i mean i think that we gave a great introduction um i think my my hope is that um, this reaches women who need to hear it and 
who will be able to find their voice and, and be able just to make that call. And I would start, you know, you can definitely start by calling a pelvic floor provider, but you can also reach out to your primary care, your a nurse practitioner, uh, your OBGYN and ask for a referral because um, sometimes you need a referral from an insurance standpoint, sometimes you don't, um, but that, don't be ashamed to talk about this because it is a totally um, common, I was gonna say normal, but it's not normal, it's common, right? Very, very common, but not normal. And even if it is just a little bit of a nuisance, it's not gonna go away on its own. You definitely just need some help from a professional to get you over the hump and then you can successfully manage independently from there. Yeah, absolutely. And come to Naples because Dr. Vicki is the best and you would feel your office is beautiful. It, Thank you. It is on what floor was it? Like it's the fourth floor. I'm on Tamiami um, Trail North. And so I'm about, as the crow flies, about three miles from the ocean. So it is, you know, coming from Vermont from 20 years and then previous to that from Canada, this tropical salty breeze is just, and the palm tree swaying is just. Exactly. It, and you can see lovely. them from, you can see them from yes. her balcony and it's a very peaceful place. If you are nervous of, about it, really yes. find someone fly down to Naples or find someone that you really feel that comfortable with so that you'll really tell the whole story so you can get to the bottom of it. Yes. So come to Naples, but if they cannot, where can they connect with you online on your website? Your website is beautiful. Cairo sure. queen. Thank you. Yeah, it's, right? it's chiroqueen.com. And there's, I, I really think that education is paramount. And so it's really an education based um, website, which means that it has journal articles, it has newsletters, it just is an education piece to maybe help you trigger and ask good questions to your provider. So chiroqueen.com. I'm on Instagram, um, at Cairo Queen, just underscore before and after Cairo Queen, and then also on Facebook. Uh, so uh, if you have questions, you can certainly feel free to DM me um, on any of those social media outlets. And if you need help kind of finding a good provider in your area, I'm very happy to, to do that and to look at other practices to see, you know, what would be a good fit and just kind of have a, a short conversation about, you know, your health. That's, that's, I would love to be able to do that for your listeners um, so they can absolutely reach out um, on those uh, on those social media outlets and just kind of say, I heard you on the podcast and uh, let, let me know. And I, I'll do my best to kind of match you up with a great provider that matches up with your uh, values. Awesome. Well, thank you. And we'll get a blog post out too, so they can see oh, your yeah. face and have all of the, it'll be in the show notes as well as a blog post so they can find you easily on the wellteam.com amazing. Well, thank you for being on. And I, I love learning about things that I know nothing about. (laughs) It is definitely a bigger deal than I even thought. I thought you were just going to talk about the urinary tract issues. I didn't know how much it would affect people. So please find help and connect with us if we can help you find that help. Yes. absolutely. Thank you, Dr. Vicki. We'll see you soon. Thanks, Kari. It's been a pleasure. I hope that you are feeling refilled after being at the Well podcast. Please take a second and fill out a review. This is the only way that we know if you're enjoying the podcast and what you're enjoying about it. Also subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes. 
And we would love to have you in our Facebook community group. The link is in each episode. We are better together at the well.